Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have Mr. Sasha Karabat. Now, Sasha is better known, if you've only seen or come across him most recently, for being the guy who brought over Jordan Belfort. That's right. He brought over the wolf of Wall Street over to Australia, and he's been helping businesses grow online. He's been helping with sales. He does a myriad of different things to help businesses. And if you're someone who wants to know, number one, what does it take to bring over someone like Jordan Belfort? Or number two, how can you scale online? This is an episode that you're gonna to wanna to dive into. And of course, if you need help, help scaling online, you know where we are, www.mogulcall.com. We are there to help you with all your needs. But before that, let's jump into the show with Mr. Sasha. Sasha, thank you so much for joining us today, my man. Really appreciate you making the time. Pleasure, pleasure, Kim. Appreciate, appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, man, for sure. So I always like to start the podcast with the same question to everyone, which is, Sasha, if I'm at a party, I'm at an event, I bump into you and we start chatting and I go to you, Sasha, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? I love this. I love this because it's actually something that I, I work on a lot with my clients as well because for years I... I get asked this question years and years ago when I, when I was in a position of like, you know, massive debt, struggle, loss, and, and work in a, in a kind of job and industry career path that I, I hated. I really struggled with it, right? It, it would pin me against the wall and I was like suffocated and I was like, no, I'm just, I kind of work in construction, right? Kill me to say it, right? Because I was, I was really, you know, ashamed of, ashamed of what I was. So like something that I kind of pride myself on, you know, pretty strongly as well. I work a lot with um, entrepreneurs and business owners, uh, predominantly in sales online sales particularly and also have a lot of a lot of clients around the world that i help with you know my strategies of bringing their business online and also really increasing a lot of their sales skills and sales strategies kind of end-to-end sales strategies through their business if i was to awesome. recap it yeah yeah no i love that man and so obviously for talking about sales and whatnot and everyone might not know but you did a big event you brought over arguably probably one of the most recognized sales figures in the world being jordan belfort to come and do an event when did, number one, when did you get into sales? And then number two, when did you cross paths with Jordan? How did that all come about? I always was really shy as a kid, really terrified of communication, right? I used to always get my mum to, to make phone calls when I was like 11 years old, 12, 13 years old, to all my friends to like organize, you know, catch ups and go, can I sleep over at his house type thing? And always was was you know stuck in that position of just feeling frustrated because i couldn't get what i wanted i couldn't communicate well caused me a lot of a lot of pain just overall you know because you're kind of stuck in this kind of inner world and not being able to articulate your thoughts purely outside of just the sales basis just communication wise was, was really frustrating for me so you know after going through a lot of struggle and loss and stuff like that i kind of realized that when i started my first business and i began you know going to companies and, and panel shops and like pitching myself to them i was like damn like Number one, like I'm never going to land any of these deals if I'm stuck in my head, right? I'm not going to be able to speak to someone and effectively sell them. I didn't know that's what it was at the time, but I just, I, I had to learn quickly on my feet, right? You know, door knocking, bringing in business. It was like, you have to do this, right? You have to do it well, otherwise you're going to go broke. And so, so really quickly learned, you know, the, I guess I just learned my own way of, of building rapport quickly. A really kind of, you know, friendly, outgoing guy. So, 
just played that card really, really hard. And my likability kind of nature and just enthusiastic to, to help people genuinely really, really pushed with that. And, and so I'd say that was five years ago now, right? So that was probably the beginning of, of somewhat of uh, my sales kind of oriented, you know, next like few years now. So, and regarding Jordan, like that, that was something that I recognized at the start of last year, start of 2019, I was speaking to my fiance a lot during that whole period. And I was like, look like, you know, I've, I've kind of hit this point and things are pretty good. You know, I've got a fair few properties and, and you know, business is pretty good. And I hear it a lot from my friends, like, dude, like you're doing amazing. Like, you know, you're, you're doing so well. Like, you know, this property is fucking awesome. Like really, really just kind of praising me. And, and I, I started to feel quite uncomfortable because I had this realization that I might've been, or I was, at the, I don't know, I was the biggest fish in the pond type thing, you know, and, and I, I wanted to level up and I wanted to, to, to kind of go and learn from new people and improve myself more as a, a brand as well and build myself um, into a really, really strong kind of online brand because by that time I had, you know, started my push peak business and was, you know, mentoring and working with clients uh, in different kind of areas and wanted to just amplify that, okay? So through that time, done a lot of sales training, like a lot of, you know, Cardone's training and a few other guys as well and was looking for something with a bit of a different edge to it. It didn't really take too well to a lot of the other stuff that I, I, I had kind of gone through and actually read Jordan's book at the start of March last year. Read his book and that kind of just blew my mind, The Way of the Wolf. Just mm. really changed the game in terms of how he teaches selling, the structure. It just simplified things massively and I, I kind of, saw a lot of things that I was doing already, but it just identified them in my mind. I was like, yeah, wow, I'm already doing that, but now I know where it fits in the process, right? It just really made sense, right? And so I was just really compelled by his style and learning and went into one of his programs online, started learning from him more and more through, you know, the next three, four, five weeks uh, until about April sometime. And then there was an opportunity to, to kind of register for a mastermind that he holds at his house a couple of times a year, I believe, once or twice a year. And for me, that was a, you know, a big green light because I was like, you know, saying to my fiance, look, I want to level up my, my, my network, right? Here's an opportunity, right? What are you going to do with it? And so I was like, I'm doing this. I'm going to go there. I'm going to meet the guy. I've been learning from him for the past, you know, five, six weeks. Love his work. And I want to take this to the next level. And from there... Put in the application, had a chat with their like director of sales, Matt, and yeah, they were like, we'd, we'd love to have you. I think you fit the criteria really well. From there, pretty much, pretty much went over there in the 9th of June, I think, or what 9th of June, yeah. So all this is all this is you know really really fast moving. You know, the last 10 months has just been absolutely huge. You know, but that's that's where things really amplified and took the things to the next level, which led to obviously the summit held in February this year, which was which was massive. We had uh, Melbourne, I believe, there was about 900 and something people, 920, 30 people there. And then um, Sydney was, was well over 1,000 people on the, on the 19th and 20th February, which is you know, phenomenal to, to kind of put something like that together. Yeah, no, no easy feat at all, certainly. Yeah, and I mean, let's touch on that for a sec because for anyone listening, they're like, oh, cool, like this Sasha guy is putting on an event and he fills up these big rooms, but that's like your first event, right? That's like your first foray into events and... Because, like, obviously, uh, you and I connected when I saw some stuff you were doing there and, and started chatting. And obviously, I think we were and uh, we were running our own event just after that in um, Certified Bowlers here here in Perth. So, what it take, took to put on an event where we only had like just under two hundred people, and then you did not, not just one but two events yeah. close to a thousand people. Like, 
it's, it's pretty crazy to do that for your first foray into events. Not normally does someone, for anyone listening, does someone just jump into an event with not only being two cities, 2,000 people, but then also committing to get some, a big name speaker on board because a lot of people, I think, as well kind of miss the fact that these speakers don't just jump on a plane and come no. here for shits and giggles no. for fun. It's like, it's a big investment to get them out to do these things. No. So what were some of the, the learning experiences for yourself in putting those on? And cause I believe as well, like that was like some of your first like stage selling and stuff also like coming on to that being obviously your first events. Well, what was like, what were some of the learnings and what did you take away from that? What, doing that and having that as your first kind of big experience for events? Like what was, what was that like? Yeah, really good question. I was discussing this with one of my close friends a couple of weeks ago and I, I seem to do this quite often with like new challenges and, and new areas that I kind of move into, right? So me with the, with the knowledge that I had of events, right, at the mastermind and, you know, through the preceding weeks after that, very limited knowledge, know very much about what it took and how the whole thing worked and I just thought, you know, okay, cool, big name, people come, easy, right? Spend some money on marketing, no problem. Right, it's, he's a huge worldwide brand. Everyone knows it. It's a piece of cake, right? You know, why, why aren't people lining up to do this? Didn't look into it, made the decision, I'm doing this, let's go. Okay, began doing some budget allocation, ran some numbers based on my information that was like a pinhead, right, of, of what it actually is. And started moving in the direction of the campaign, launching everything, and quickly discovered that all the projections and all those kind of forecasts in terms of numbers and fulfillment and this and this and this, it was just like wildly, wildly wrong, right? And, and I, I was just like, had this overwhelming sense of, and I think like that whole attitude, do, I seem to apply this and may, you know, for, like come, come with some detriment in the future is, I don't, I don't really like the word naivete, but it almost is like, it's like not knowing, right? But like saying yes to something, committing to it, but also just kind of, trusting and believing in myself that I know that I will do whatever it takes, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just like unprecedented amounts of action taken. And there's also a second part to that where it's like, cool. So me not knowing how to actually get there. I'm here over here and I want to get to this fulfilled, smacked out stadium event. Amazing. Okay. And my lack of awareness about the typical path that someone who's been there 1500 times is going to tell me, okay, so you start here and you go there and you do this and you eventually go there. Right. Maybe with that naive mindset, I'm just trying to go there, right? Mm. And like, okay, there was definitely learning curves and definitely experiences, but I also believe that part of that also in a way like helps me to just like brush out any bias of like, yeah, that's what you say, okay? You're bringing your limited belief of like, this is how it works, which, you know, probably 90% of the time it does, but it really just, I guess, set a new trail to blaze for me. I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned very, very early and very quickly was number one, to find someone who's done it before, very, very experienced that doesn't have their hand in my pocket per se. Like they're, they're actually vested in the success of the events as well. Blessing of, you know, coming in contact with a, a really close advisor and, and business mentor who helped me through the process. And, and that was, you know, invaluable, right? Having someone who is very objective and never made any decisions for me, but kind of just presented me with, look, this can happen and this can also happen. I'd probably do that, but, you know, this is your decision, right? Having that kind of just to, to guide me a little bit was, was really valuable. I think other lessons that might be valuable for, for some of the listeners would be, it's probably more even just, just like the, the perception because I know for a fact, like when I was going to these events previously in the past, 
you, you go into there and you're like, yeah, so, you know, there's probably 2,000 people here, nice lights, nice room, like, you know, calculate some numbers. These guys are killing it. They're absolutely raking it. And that dude on the stage, man, he's making so much cash, <laughs> right? And, and the truth of the matter is, like, it is a, like, just, it'll, it'll destroy you. It'll, it'll chew you up and spit you out, like, unless you're willing to go all in on something like that. The, yeah, it, it takes a lot to do something like that. Like, the team and, you know, the organization, the presentation, just every little element that gets overlooked as a, a user just coming in there to experience it while. So it gave me a lot more appreciation and I know that there are a lot of other people in, in different industries perhaps that maybe get overlooked as well. So it gave me a lot of, kind of humbled me a lot through that process as well. I've been like, look, you know, I don't know, like your job, what you do, for example, in your business, you know, digi- doing everything digital, advertising, all that. Like I'm like, I have appreciation for every single person because of what they're doing. Yes, it's easy on the outside to say, yeah, cool, you know, a nice suit, nice watch. You're probably loaded, right? Easy job. As a matter of fact, like, Oh, that, the amount of stress, I feel like it almost killed me going through that wild experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And as I say, like, we, like, I know what it takes to, and uh, I've been blessed to speak at some big events and help promote and, and stuff. So I kind of have always seen a little bit of the background, um, especially over, over in the US and whatnot, where I've been a few times. And you kind of see, and it's just like, like I can tell, like, you look at the organizer's face when you see them, even though it's the first day, and then you can just tell they're just like, fuck, I, I can't wait for this to be somewhat yeah. over so yeah. that I can, uh, so that I can relax and breathe. And, you know, we had, we had Michael Lane on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We haven't released his recording yet, but even saying the stories with him and it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's hardcore and it's hectic. And as you say, people do, they look around and they're like, oh yeah, we've got lots of people here. But, you know, some people don't even take into consideration as like, if you do get a keynote speaker that comes in and, and things like that, even just, just getting them there, it's not cheap. And it doesn't mean by any means that, they actually, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, someone like we had Mark Boris, you had Jordan Belfort, you look at their events. Just because you have those people speak doesn't actually mean anything. It doesn't mean that people are going to run out and buy tickets. You've That's still right. got to have a great value proposition. You've still got to yeah. hustle and sell those tickets. And it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Now, my question is like, cool, you've done that now. So when's your next uh, 2000 person event that you're going to organize? Uh, Obviously now you know it's a breeze, right? Like it's going to be. <laughs> See, I'm actually really excited to do something like that again, despite the roller coaster and uh, yeah, all the different, I guess, expectations that I had to let go of as well. I definitely am very, very excited because, you know, in terms of a branding aspect and a positioning for me, it's done, done extraordinary Sheesh. things in, in that in that sense. You know, a lot of my clients and then people that come to me through business wise and they see me online, it's an immediate thing. Like, yeah, I came to your event, dude, you know, I saw your stuff, I saw your content, let's do this, right? So it does, it does a lot for me in terms of selling aspect as well. And there's always that, you know, kind of just associative power, right? Like mm-hmm. associating yourself around that person, obviously you rub off and that osmosis type shift. Okay, cool. So he must be kind of around that Jordan level. Okay, cool. Maybe not quite, but all right, maybe the next one, it's kind of up here again. And the next one, and then next time I don't need to have a speaker, perhaps I can just do, you know, push peak as a brand and still, mm. you know, that, that's kind of long-term goal that I would like to see happen. Definitely. I did have a bit of an intention set and I, after the event, we were having, having a well-deserved drink. And, and I said to a few, of the, a few of the guys and the team, I was like, I said, you watch end of this year. And I, and I kind of called out a particular big name and I was like, um, we're making this happen. Do you want to, can you share the big name or is it oh, like, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to bring, um, I'd love to bring Grant Cardone out and it'd almost just be, you know, just a big, a lot of controversy as well. You know, having two of these big guys, obviously they've both been, both been on, on the podcast together and there's a lot of 
controversy around each other. So mm. I think it would just be really polarizing, you know, to, to bring him out as well and do a, just a massive big 10X event with him. I did want to do that towards the end of this year. However, I, yeah, potentially with everything going on, more than likely get shifted to next year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. No, that's awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure that, hey, like, he's more than happy to jump on a plane and come down if there's a good opportunity for him. And especially if you kind of, you know, you'd be like, hey, Jordan came. That's it. He, you know, he, he put a thousand people and surely Uncle G can come. Come and, uh, on, beat man. That, right? like, come on, exactly. man. <laughs> surely play them off against each other there for sure. I think one of the say, though, like with the with the long-term plan, like you quickly learn after doing the events and you see like some of what the, the pool of people bring, but then also the, the difference that it makes as well. It's like, well, Sometimes, like even for us, I know that next year, this year we had Mark Boris because we try and make ours like super Aussie focused because we, especially for some of our specific goals that we have. Yep. But seeing the pool that we have with Mark, I was like, well, to be honest, you know, like not whilst it was a good value add to have him there, no one specifically came when we did our surveys was like, I just want to see. Wow. I just want to see him. Wow. So it's like the value that was perceived that would come from the event being that we covered a whole different bunch of angles. And I was like, well, next time I may as well save a whole chunk of money yeah. and not really have him and go hard on, on a few other angles as well. So it's always interesting to see. And I mean, obviously when, when he's like, a, when he, when there's someone's the focus of the event, whereas we had ours as kind of like multi-speaker and then bonus type thing is just nice. interesting to see how, what people's kind of impact is and what they expect from that as well but as you say it does have even though not necessarily for us they bring heaps of ticket sales but then we know that people are positioning us alongside as you said you get the that rub off effect where people are like oh well if you're doing work with these guys then it must be you know it must be something that you're good that you're doing considering that they'll come because again as well just because these guys get paid to go to an event doesn't mean that they go to every event like i know yeah. i'm sure there'll be people that like that jordan wouldn't go and speak at and there's guys that there's events that Mark wouldn't go and speak at as well. And we had like very strict criteria, even around what we could do from a sales. Like we weren't actually allowed to make a, so at your event, for example, you made an offer. And of a lot of these events that people go to, and we dived into deep with this with Michael as well. It's like people make offers at events because it's like they, we get you there, we cover some of the cost, but that, that doesn't make the money back for the event. You do have to share more about what you can do. We weren't allowed to do that with Mark. No, right. no offer is allowed to be done was part of the contract. So right, okay. you know, it's, yeah, so it's a completely different experience. But then as well, everyone thought leading into it because most events have offers at them. Then they were like, oh, we don't want to come and get sold, sold to for two, two, sold to for two days because it was, and it was a multi-speaker. And I was like, well, we had actually had to change our marketing and be like, no one's at, like, even though we've got a sale, we've got Ryan Tucker from ISR training, a sales trainer. He's not going to sell you anything. None of uh, us are going to sell you, you anything. voice that directly in marketing we had to because we were getting the issue was that people were coming along and because our like we again our ticket price was minimum towards the end after we did all our early birds and stuff was like minimum uh, seven eight hundred bucks up oh, to wow. kind of like fifteen hundred so we were doing like, and because then people were like why am i paying this much to get sold to and i was it's like so hang good. on this is the reason why we did this price sure right this is the reason why we did it. like this is because you're not going to get sold to and all the speakers are coming just to drop massive value on you so nice. we had a whole uh, whole different kettle of fish and a whole different conversation going on till then what was normal so it was very interesting to see mm. yeah but uh and so you've got that coming up what what else are you kind of focusing on at the moment obviously you said you're helping people and we're speaking before we started recording that you've got the transition to online going on as well that you're helping people with what's the big focus for you at the moment now that you've um, had a bit of breathing space after the event in february yeah, nice, nice. I would say I would say the biggest thing is at the event, we've kind of brought on quite a number of clients as well. 
and and really just running them particularly a few different focuses in that but the main the main thing is essentially allowing them to to build a business online you know doing essentially what they what they love right a lot of them are either either professionals or they're entrepreneurs with an idea and they want to you know bring it out into a way that's scalable tent uh, like really valuable for other people as well and they, they just need like a means or a vehicle to do that so Essentially, just a system that I created with um, partially with Jordan, partially with also my leading coach, Andy Harrington, as well. And we kind of packaged it all up really nicely together in a really, really clean system that makes a lot of sense. So focusing really hard on that, introducing some new offers, not new offers, rather, just, I guess, restructuring the offer right now to make it really like a no-brainer during this time because like, I know the system works. It's fantastic. Pretty much just taking your idea and, and generating income from it fast is, is, is the system, right? So, yeah, just, just kind of repackaging it a little bit so that, you know, people can come in and try it on like a really, really low-ticket, no-brainer price. So they still get like, yeah, six like live training calls in there as well and then they can kind of go through there. So, really focusing on that right now is building a big community because for me like i'm mega passionate about you know just training training and coaching people as well like every single time i'll finish a, co- a coaching call or, or a team call with my group just lights me up you know like nothing else so really really passionate about it and um, just doubling down hard on that and just giving massive free value as well I'll do like some free webinars on the weekends for you know my database my email list as well so just kind of really helping people as well through this time it's, it's something that i've found that you know retracting and like closing off is, is just going to destroy you like if you can mm. somehow get past and you know rewire your mind a little bit to lean into it and and double down uh this is the time to really occupy some real estate so that's probably my biggest focus, just just reaching as many people as I can, helping people as much as I can, giving a heap of value. I know for the long term, it's going to lead to business, you know, maybe immediately, not quite just yet, but in the long term, it's definitely going to lead to a lot, a lot more business. So that's probably probably the number one focus at the moment, man, yeah. Yeah, awesome, man. I love that. And now as we get towards the end of our call together here, I always like to ask one question again. There's only two questions I ask that are ever the same in this podcast, but what's one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? I love this question. You know, I actually was on a sales call the other day and got through to the end of the presentation and he actually asked me a question similar to this. He goes, if, if you were me, what would you ask right now that I haven't already? Mm. You know, and I feel That's like- great question. As a, as a prospect to ask that to a salesperson is so brilliant because it puts you in this mind like, hmm, so, so what would you ask me right now that you haven't already? Interesting, interesting question. I mean, I, I always enjoy, always enjoy for me personally, like um, a question around like spirituality and, and I guess more of like the, the connectedness to, to more than just the business aspect of, of the, this world. For me, that's something that it holds very true to me, and I, I always, you know, go back to to that place of, I guess, internal, you know, introspection. Very, very passionate. I'm a big believer in uh, meditation as well, so a massive practice for me. And I find myself, you know, in times of stress and, and overwhelm, just retreating to, you know, a room, a dark room, to to kind of meditate for a while, and uh, it just does does massive, massive things for me. So. For me, that's a that's a really really strong practice, and I, I love sharing it with people because I think more people need to do it for sure. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Well, then let me let me ask just one little thing on that. Then, so for someone that's listening and they're going, okay, cool. So he's into meditation. What was the easiest way for you to get into meditation or to start meditating? Because I know a lot of people 
that I speak to, sometimes they're like meditation in the traditional sense of sitting there crossing my legs and like it's it's hard for me to get into if that's yeah. what they like believe meditation is. What was the first step that you took that made meditation become a bit of, a bit more of a consistent practice for you? Yeah, nice. That's, that's a good question. Uh, it is it is something that I think you know people do for a while and you're kind of like mm, like I don't really notice anything. I kind of just sit there and you know it's frustrating because trying to keep still and you know i'm just thinking about my phone and all this stuff so for me when i first started doing it like it, it was just that you know i just wake up and sit on the edge of my bed for like 10 minutes right and it was like i was sitting there i'm like okay cool so i'm doing this thing i don't really feel any different nice but i'm a, I'm a very disciplined person myself like i if i'm if i'm going to do something i say i'm going to do it i'm going to go and do it all in and i'll just commit to it and that's why i'm careful about what i say because I, I actually actually do it so i just began doing it and keeping keeping like routine strict and strict and just like kind of Noticing, I guess, a little bit more ability to to kind of through times of like stress or anger, for example, like not not be angry or not get stressed, but like just normalize very quickly. Like go from like a peak state of stress and overwhelm to like, all right, cool, I'm fine. Yeah, no. I said, what, what, what were you saying again? You know, just drop back into a really kind of homeostasis type type of state. But what really changed the game massively for me, like it's funny because I. It's like I'm selling this guy's product, but I just I just believe in it so much. So Joe Dispenza, he's a brilliant guy, mm. he's a massive like meditation teacher and spiritual kind of teacher, but he's also a neuroscientist. So he kind of bridges that gap between spiritual realm and then also like complete hard fact where you're just like, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> you know, it's an undeniable way that he presents information that makes it so brilliant. And we went to one of his retreats, my my fiance and me, and we we did a seven day treat where we were doing. I was like six or seven hours of meditation a day and I wasn't expecting it. Like we were going there, like, okay, cool. You know, probably a lot of learning and, and presentation. Get there on the first day and half an hour piece of content and we dropped straight into like a, a three-hour meditation. And I was just like, what is going on here, right? And so that whole experience um, shifted for me and, and turned meditation from something where it's like a mindfulness trying to just like watch my thoughts and be calm and collected to like something where I, I actually retreat there to, to have an experience right so I'll, i actually just enjoy the idea of okay well like if, if deeply enough connected in that state you know i have the potential to lose this kind of physical body and really discover something amazing right and which is what we did at the at the event there. and it sounds all woo woo it definitely is it changed changed the game massively for me so you know and from that you know just see things in a very different way and yeah i find myself being able to connect with people and also just like hold myself at a very consistent level all the time so yeah it's changed changed things massively for me i recommend it a lot probably don't go and jump into you know joe dispenza's seven day retreat <laughs> not that you can right now anyway but probably probably just start small and do just be consistent because it does pay off and, and i feel like it, there is a pretty significant long-term benefit from the research that I've done, yeah. Awesome, man. Love that. And so if people have heard you today and they're like, man, I, I like this guy's vibe and want to find out more about who you are, what you do, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Probably spend the most time on Instagram, I think. Instagram and Facebook, probably two of the most popular places. Um, just really putting together a lot of YouTube content. I'd probably say Instagram gets the most heat. So that's just Sasha underscore Carabas. If you, if you want to jump on there and follow me there, that'd be fantastic. So yeah. Awesome. Easy yeah. done. So guys, if you want to find out more, we'll link that up so you guys can just hit the link in the show notes, whether you're wherever you're watching or listening. And uh, if you need to click through to the site and check out the show notes, you can. We'll link everything up to Sasha there. But Sasha, my man, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate you making the time. Pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Awesome. We'll see you soon.